Welcome, Lauren. Welcome, Max. And welcome, everyone else who's here attending this last session of what has been an absolutely um, exciting, informative, and brilliant um, college brew. So I'll start with an introduction about our host, Writer's Key. Writer's Key, as you all saw, is a boutique college counseling service with over 750 admits in the past six years and over $2 million won in scholarships. They help each student realize their dream of getting a world-class education. Their highly personalized approach has helped them build a community of students, not just in India, but Singapore, Jakarta, UK, and even US. Their admits include UPenn, Columbia University, Cornell among the Ivy Leagues, and UC Berkeley, Northwestern, Amherst College, Duke, Tufts, and many other premier institutions. They've helped several UK admits as well get into UCL, Warwick, LSC, and St. Andrews, and many others. Writer's Key was founded by Anjali Ragbir, as many students would come to her for writing help, and with a strong writing background, she enables students to bring out their unique personality. And now on to Parsons School of Design. The new school has been redrawing and redefining the boundaries of intellectual and creative thought as a preeminent academic center since its inception in 1919. Their rigorous, multidimensional approach to education allows students the academic freedom to shape the unique individual paths for a complex and rapidly changing world. With leading edge faculty and world-renowned alumni, they are committed to developing students who will have an impact on the world and solve the most pressing social issues of our time. The university takes full advantage of its location in New York City and encompasses three undergraduate colleges. I will let Lauren talk to you about them in more detail and just briefly about Lauren. Lauren Kushnik is the Assistant Director of Undergraduate Admissions for the Parsons School of Design. In this role, Lauren works regularly with students from Pennsylvania, New York, Delaware, and India. She has an undergraduate degree in art history with a focus on Indian art and contemporary art. Lauren believes in empowering students of all ages and enjoys meeting with them to exchange ideas about their work and aspirations. So I hope the students today will take this opportunity to ask you some questions. And now on to the Swiss Education Group, which is the largest hospitality and business education group in Switzerland with over 35 years of experience in hospitality management and culinary arts education. And R. Max Behesht is the Dean of Cesar Ritz Colleges and the Culinary Arts Academy, Switzerland. He is also a hospitality, employee engagement, customer experience service and leadership professional and the founder of RMB Group, a boutique training and consulting firm. He is also a multilingual keynote speaker and has previously held multiple international finance, service and commercial roles with the science company DuPont. While pursuing his education and during his long career, he has relocated 25 times in the past 20 years. Wow, that in itself speaks volumes. And so now over to you, Lauren Kushnik. Thank you so much for your wonderful intro um, to today's session. It's lovely to be here with you and with um, our Max. Nice to see you. And I'm excited to share more about the new school um, for those of you who are curious about design. Um, so I'm just going to open up my screen here and we can dive right in. Um, so as we are learning, um, let me try that again. Um, okay, it's working. Great. Um, so the new school is um, here in New York City. 
Um, I'm excited to uh, still be here <laughs> meeting with students um, from all over the world who are curious about Parsons School of Design, um, as well as our two other undergraduate colleges, Eugene Lane College of Liberal Arts and the College of Performing Arts. Um, but I know many of you are thinking about design as a way to distinguish yourselves, um, to really hone in on your own artistic practice um, and how design can change and shape the world that we live in. If you are familiar with Parsons, I'm sure many of you are familiar with our fashion design program, but we have many other facets to design that we're excited to help you explore here at the new school. Um, so if you are curious to see more of our student work, uh, definitely check out the Instagram handle listed below. Here in New York City, we offer the following majors, um, but I do want to give a shout out to our Parsons Paris campus, where you can also explore um, unique programs like art media and technology, merging communication design with technology and with intensive writing. It's a very unusual and, I think, customizable program for our students. And for those of you who are business-minded, strategic design and management might be a really great fit for you as well, and that's available at both of our campuses. Many students come to meet us and get to know us through our summer programs, which is a wonderful way to experience the Parsons uh, programming and what it's like to learn from our faculty, who are many leaders in the field, um, many of whom are invested in design of different facets from um, journalism and uh, design to communication design and, of course, fashion as well. Um, so finally, um, if you are curious to meet with us in other ways and spaces, we'll be doing some events later um, this month um, and this summer. But I did want to dive in and share some specifics about how to present your work because I get this question a lot from our design students. They really want to know how to distinguish themselves in the portfolio. And for any student pursuing and considering design, really using your portfolio effectively is one of the best ways to share your unique point of view. And for Parsons, um, we actually don't require major specific work. Many students are thinking about trying something new in college. Maybe you haven't done architecture, interior design before, and you would love to expand in that space. We would love to see that for you. So you definitely don't need to worry that you don't have major specific work in your portfolio. Instead, you should focus on work that you connect with deeply and that shows your expertise. What do you do well? What are you excited that you've been able to accomplish? And how does that show your range? So definitely focus on your best making in your work. This student, Elliot, really dove into that. Um, they were struggling with their own, um, you know, nervousness and inner turmoil, and they wanted to express that in a very visceral work and did so here. And that really struck a chord in their portfolio. It shows their personal making and um, intense feelings in their pieces as well. Um, many students are also excited to show off their techniques and skills. We don't require a traditional still life or observational work or figure drawings. Those are excellent informative experiences, but we don't need to see them in your portfolio. Instead, try and show some creativity, some imagination. And this student, Hillary, did a little bit of both at the same time, which was pretty savvy on their part. Um, so in their observational 
work of their room, they then opened up a door into an imaginary space. So definitely a fun way to kind of merge that um, into their portfolio. With Parsons, we love to see how your ideas come together, and it would be really exciting for us to see a little peek into your process. So one, uh, what you're seeing on the right is one student's work, Mr. Bob's Morning Tea Party, very charming. <laughs> um, it's an installation outdoors. But on the left, you can see a page from their sketchbook that really helped them kind of imagine the world that Mr. Bob inhabited and how he um, interacted with these characters. So think about how you work through your ideas. Maybe um, you write down things quickly in your sketchbook. Maybe things come to you spontaneously. Uh, whatever your process, um, it might actually help to show that in some visual way in your portfolio. And one of the last things that I want to leave you with in terms of presenting your portfolio thoughtfully is really thinking about the best angle to show your work at. And sometimes that might mean multiple photos of your work. This student's imaginative shoe design really um, comes through because of these two different angles that we're seeing here. And sometimes video is the best way to show something in the round. So we're seeing it from multiple angles. You get to decide the best way that you would like us to experience your work. And you can definitely show multiple images on one slide. That can certainly help to um, elaborate on one piece or to draw connections between works that we might not realize have a thematic connection. So really kind of guide us through that experience um, since you're the curator of your work. So I do want to show uh, this final example of one student's portfolio. And uh, one of my favorite things to ask students is, what major do you think they applied to? So if you want to write in the chat what you think maybe the student applied to, that would be fun. Um, remember, for Parsons, we actually don't require a student to only kind of show major-specific work. We love range. We love to see what, you know, your creative vision looks like. Um, so this student certainly did that. Um, but it's interesting to note a couple things. Figures are repeated throughout. They're certainly drawn to, um, you know, portraiture and the human figure. And there's a sort of color palette, so it feels like a really nice, cohesive portfolio. And for those of you wondering um, what major they applied to, they applied to communication design, um, but they certainly could have applied to many other programs here at the new school. So if you'd like more examples of portfolio tips, um, we would be happy to do that, either one-on-one -on -one through a portfolio review. Um, you can also watch our whole video with lots more examples. Um, but to leave you with this quick reminder, 8 to 12 slides of work is all we need to see. And it's actually kind of challenging to um, show less. So um, if you'd like tips on that, um, I do recommend meeting one-on-one. -on -one. We can help you to hone in on the pieces that might be best served uh, in your portfolio for Parsons. So I'm so excited to keep in touch and connect with you in more uh, specific ways, um, let's definitely uh, ask questions during the Q&A as well. So thanks again for having me here today. 
Thank you so much, Lauren. That was very informative, and I'm sure we get to find out more in the Q&A after this. Right, moving on to Max. Here we go. So the Swiss Education Group, I'm just going to be sharing the presentation, and Max will pitch in wherever needed. <laughs> Here we go. So the Swiss Education Group has four schools based across six campuses throughout Switzerland and is Switzerland's largest private hospitality educator. And um, Max, could you elaborate a little on uh, the career services and the global base? Absolutely, Madonna. Thank you so much. And by the way, absolute pleasure to, to listen to Lauren. And, and a real pleasure to be here with everybody listening in. And thank you for this. It's, it's a pleasure to be able to travel so quickly around the world. <laughs> it's virtual, but it's still working. Yeah. So, so yes, uh, thank you for sharing. The Bureau four schools, six campuses, and uh, all our schools are actually, we're very grateful to see that they're all ranked within the top 10 in the world in the global latest global QS rankings. Proud. And what we focus on to be a holistic kind of solution provider in, term of, in terms of really offering a real-world experience, real-world education that follows you through your career and beyond as you become a member of the global Swiss Education Group family within the respective schools that you're part of. Career services, um, global internship opportunities, we have dedicated career teams that offer our students to connect to the specific uh, employers around the world for our internship opportunities globally and we do our best across our schools to try to connect our students to the best for them to learn from the best and then go out there and truly become the best leaders entrepreneurs and innovators in the future with a real world perspective and focus for their passion and that's why i really enjoyed also listening to lauren talking about understanding that core thing that purpose that drives you uh, you know and it's just not just some theoretical subject out there, which we're going to get into. Twice a year, we have an international recruitment forum, and uh, we bring the industry to our students. We're going to see that later on in terms of uh, some of our example partners. And um, we just simply... Yes. That's exactly that. Just the sample of all the uh, partners that we have, and you're going to see as we move along uh, even more. We have an extensive... Uh, global network of alumni. This is just, just part of it. And everywhere I travel myself around the world, the properties I go to, it just takes a matter of minutes sometimes, or within a couple of hours or so, I run into somebody who's connected to our schools as an alumni and is within our network. And that provides an amazing opportunity for your future career and goals to connect to directors, uh, leaders around the world who are actually connected to the same experience that you've had across uh, our, our schools in Switzerland. Lovely. And these are your different campuses? These are exactly. These are the campuses specifically connecting to Caesar Ritz Colleges and Culinary Arts Academy. They are within the same framework because we believe that the business of hospitality, that Caesar Ritz, the, the entrepreneur of luxury hospitality, more than 100 years ago, he was providing that hand-in-hand -hand with the amazing Auguste Escoffier that was the 
legendary friendship, and they were collaborating to create amazing experiences in terms of all the senses from the kitchen and a great hospitality experience. And that's what we are. We are Caesarus Colleges and Culinary Arts Academy within the campuses. Lucerne is where I am based, which is the number one tourism destination within Switzerland. And we have also called, you know, amazing campus in Le Bouvray with so much legacy in the world culinary arts and then our campus in Brig as well. Wonderful. Just a sample of uh, one of the latest facilities that we've set up with absolute latest technology and connecting to some of the top leaders in the world of culinary arts uh, so that our students continuously get inspired to well, move along, yes. That would be a dream to be. <laughs> I would love sitting in that kitchen, by the way. Uh, but if you have a chance, Lauren, as well, if you guys are in Switzerland and have a chance to visit us in our campus, uh, especially the, the previous one, to sit in that kitchen inspired by, you know, some of the best chefs who've been helping us to design the kitchens as well. This specifically is actually the only program we offer in the Lucerne campus. And it's so sweet because what you see right there is the chocolate and pastry program. And here we just thought we'd bring up some of the examples of the programs. We're not going to go into detail about them. Uh, but certainly a full bachelor program, which connects to, you know, we, we have passion for food and a career for life. That's what we aim at. And our students get out there and become foodpreneurs uh, in the world of culinary arts. Of course, we're specifically talking about Culinary Arts Academy. So in partnership with our partner university of Derby, uh, we do offer this bachelor degree, which is a double degree. It's like three years, and you really learn about both business and being able to be an entrepreneur. But you learn that with a focus on culinary arts. So you also become a chef, of course, doing this, just as a sample. We also have other programs, uh, which is a shorter one here, which takes six to nine months. You can become a great chef focusing on that and develop your career, focusing on knowledge within the kitchen, or you can focus on the pastry side, which is the next slide that you have there and then as well, I believe. And that's what we run in Lucerne, for instance, where students within nine months of class, they truly become world-class and they can get out there and compete or work in some of the best um, pastry kitchens in top properties around the world. And every time we have students graduating, I'm nothing but inspired to see how they develop their passion and focus. Now, of course, we also focus on the latest trends and try to get our students to be on the top of health and, and what is requested out there in demand. And this is one of the latest programs we have, a vegetarian this is, uh, this is for Indians, I think. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I've, I've earlier heard a lot of students saying, oh, but I don't, you know, I don't want to touch on vegetarian. I don't want to, so here it is. <laughs> you can specially, um, this is excellent, yes. So now I myself love food, but, but I've always been a little bit skeptical to only be vegetarian or I mean, kind of focus on that kind of food. But then the, the first time we ran the program, I was in the kitchen and trying the food that the students were grading. And um, we just got to say, yummy for the tummy. <laughs> right. And, of course, for those who already have a bachelor degree and maybe want to shift their careers, focus on really focusing on the understanding of business, sustainability, and the culinary arts. Yes. We just have launched this Master of Arts in Culinary Arts. And, again, it's, it's hand-in-hand with the University of Derby, so you get a double degree, uh, which is very valuable out there for all students. Just as a simple uh, sample of, of the programs and paths we have available 
for our students to get out there and build their careers based on their passion and dream. You usually you don't wake up in, in the morning and your parents come to you and say, my son, my daughter, I would want you to become a pastry chef or a chef. Usually that doesn't happen. Yes. So you've got to have that kind of core passion for it. But there is the path to build a very global and successful career based on that. So to do a master's, you wouldn't really need to have done a bachelor's. You could be a bachelor's can be in any field, and then you could come specialized in this. A recognized bachelor degree. Yes. And then you're in. Yes. And of course, you know other requirements such as English, etc. Uh, English, etc. But other than that, yeah. Yeah. Simple uh, showcasing of our uh, quality assurance and the partners. Some of the sample partners that we work with, of course. Uh, again, the aim is to connect with the best and get our students to become the best in what they do. Excellent. Right. So I think one of the questions which I had in mind while I was uh, listening to you is, you know, we just heard a little while ago, and we normally tend to hear, at least here in India, that when you're doing your undergraduate, you should not be specializing. You should do a more broad-based sort of, uh, you know, education and then you specialize like you said you do offer that of course a master's degree as well but uh, what, what are your thoughts on that uh, Max? Uh, I, I know we discussed this a little bit when we were uh, touching base and preparing and uh, I really believe that it's never too soon to start connecting to the core passion and skills and competencies mm -hmm. that you might have. Now the first thing I ask our students when they start, and they could be, you know, 16, 17, et cetera, I say, okay, what's your, what are you great at and what's your passion? And they're like, uh, uh, nothing. Because they're so modest and humble, but then there are things that they truly love doing and that they're great at. And if they keep focusing on that, you can actually much sooner Connect to that thing that makes you wake up in the morning and say, this is what I love doing. This is what I'm good at. And this is what the world needs that I can provide in terms of a product, a value, something. How do you serve the world? I think it's never too soon to get I, – I, I believe in kindergarten you should start focusing on what mm -hmm. is it you do well and start actually having that mindset. You know, there's the I idea of right, guy, right, right, Lauren? Go ahead. Yes, Lauren. That's such a thing. So yes, <laughs> I think that's such a good point. Though um, I'm so I'm so glad that you made it um, because when mm -hmm. students come to uh, think of design, it's so much more than just um, a specific uh, small area um, or lens. It actually informs how we interact with one another, how our communities connect. Um, how we live our lives, design is so integrated into, I mean, this moment right now, how we're engaging right now. This is a designed platform um, that in, involves so many layers of code and investigation into how communication is best made. Um, and I was just speaking with our interior design faculty the other day. Um, and Cotter was saying, you know, this is such a unique interior design moment. We're all in each other's homes in this really unusual way as well. Um, and so we're, we're seeing how design plays out on lots of different levels. But of course, students in high school might not have access to all of the same, um, high levels of investigation that, um, you will of course be doing in college. So, it's, I think, important to talk about your passions. I think it's important to talk about what um, fires you up, what engages you. And um, 
you know, at Parsons, we give you the space to figure that out as well. You can apply undecided. You, you might, might want to use your first year to explore, and we really encourage that, um, not only within the design field, but across the university um, with minors in lots of different liberal arts subjects. So it's still a fully well-rounded program that gives you that chance to explore. So, Lauren, I, I noticed that um, all um, undergraduate students share a first-year experience that provides mm. an introduction to the basic tools and critical thinking. So, mm. uh, you know, so is that where it comes from? Because I'm just wondering, a person who's pursuing design and technology versus somebody who's doing architectural design, I mean, what do they really uh, have in common? So wh how, do, how does that first-year pan out and how does it help them? Yeah, so how it works is um, exactly as you're, you're surmising. They have this shared first-year experience. And our design and tech students learn with our architects and illustrators in core classes that get them started um, in spaces they're comfortable with and spaces they've never been in before either. So everyone is encouraged to expand outside of their own areas of expertise um, through materials that are sculptural and three-dimensional, through um, using time as a medium in video, in um, animation, right. and in thinking through um, their own fine drawing skills translated digitally. So those are just the core experiences part of the first year, right. um, in addition to their studios that really foster this sense of liberal arts engagement, critical thinking, research, writing is all informing their studio work. Um, in these really unique kind of dual programs. And then, of course, we have um, sustainability throughout the years at the new school. So we definitely challenge our students um, to really think about their role of design in a sustainable and mindful way. Right. Uh, Max, just a quick question for you. I see that there's a lot of emphasis on internships given, uh, you know, throughout the program. So how have you managed that during these COVID times? Have the students lost out on that? I mean, we don't know how it's going to pan out. So I just thought something that students might want to know about. Absolutely. So obviously we have a great focus on practical hands-on on during the time on campus as well. And while they're also understanding their business subjects and everything they're doing. But a very important part is that experience uh, around the world. And some students have been able to kind of continue with their terms and they do it a little bit later, work hand in hand with the industry. The good part is we really are connected to, to the industry throughout the world. And wherever there have been options to go, uh, the students have been able to do that. Of course, last year, or in Q1 last year, that was a big challenge, and then basically everything was getting canceled everywhere. I mean, the world shut down. And very quickly, though, I, I'm, I'm very delighted to see that our team was able to kind of reach out again and start creating opportunities as we were kind of really trying to take care of the students so that hardly any – I don't think any student at all uh, missed just lost time. So they were able to either progress with their um, progression correctly and continue their courses – and then at the right time, they went out there, or we actually found them something suitable that they could do. And alternatively, we were also developing projects, specific dedicated projects that they would actually be able to do if necessary. So we don't want anybody to lose time in the pursuit of their dreams. So it's been something that's been on our mind and we've been working very much on. And, and yes, it's caused issues, challenges, and I'm happy and proud to see it's been Facebook. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, Lauren, there are a couple of questions there for you. I thought I'd just ask you. 
Sure. Um, so one of them says, uh, how do you select applicants for the fashion design course? What aspects do you look for in an application? Yeah, so the fashion design program is one of our more competitive programs at the new school, but we actually review all majors holistically in the same way. So for any BFA student, a Bachelor of Fine Arts, they're going to include their portfolio with their common application, where we'll see academics and an essay why the new school. And those three pieces are really the core of what our community, uh, our committee of reviewers um, look to to understand your your influences, um, your academic prowess, and your creativity. So when a student is applying to fashion design, uh, we're excited to see how you write about your interests. Really um, take a moment to dig in. And um, we are looking to see where your passion comes from, what you hope to do, who inspires you, and uh, what you see at the new school that you connect to. So being really thoughtful and specific is wonderful. And, you know, talking about the impact of the pandemic, so many students have been so thoughtful and had this space to reflect in such a powerful way that um, I've been really impressed with essays this year, actually. So it's it's been exciting to hear your voices and to hear from students about what they're they're most moved by. And of course, the portfolio is an important part too. Uh, the pandemic changed how we see work. Um, we certainly didn't expect students to have same access to everything um, that they may have normally, but. Um, it's always a space to be your unique self, and you should bring in the work that you're most proud of using the materials that you have at your disposal. So, um, yeah, as long as that comes through in the essay and in the portfolio, we're really excited to get to know you. And if you do have um, questions about that in more detail, we will be doing portfolio reviews this summer, and that is a great way to actually get one-on-one -on -one feedback. Right. Um, so another one um, asked about at what age and what grade should a student begin uh, to build their art port portfolio? Yeah, I saw that question. Um, you know, every student is so different. Um, some students wake up um, as a, a three-year-old with a crayon and are just raring to go. <laughs> and then other students discover their, you know, design abilities and interests in their final semester in, in high school. And I've seen both students be really successful at Parsons. Um, if you have the self-awareness that this interests you now, see how you can foster that. Um, check out YouTube videos. See what online courses there are that excite you. If your high school offers art classes, try not try taking one and see if that connects for you. And then beyond that, um, really give yourself the freedom to experiment and fail and learn and grow. And those are those experiences that will really help you um, hone in on what it is that you're most passionate about. Um, we are so excited to see students really showcase that. And we also know that that will continue to um, and, you know, blossom at, in high, in college as well. So you really can, you know, get into the spaces that you have access to now and talk about what you hope to do next. Great. 
Thank you so much. Um, another one is like, uh, so uh, when there's a subject, um, a major like communication design, uh, what what sort of portfolio um, would you expect to see? Because they're not typically subjects that a student would take up in high school, or at least in India, I don't think they're offered. So what, uh, you know, art is something that they would take up, a few of them, photography, or could they be this thing, but something like a communication design, what would you be looking at? So I get this question a lot with communication design, architecture, and interior design and product design. Yeah. These are not subjects that are common in high school in the U.S. either. Um, so uh, fashion design as well. Um, it's more about your best ideas and your best making. That's really Parsons' approach to the portfolio. Every art school is different, so this is an excellent question to ask any art school you're looking at. With Parsons, really using the portfolio to show how you communicate ideas through your work. That is the core of communication design in an essence anyway. So that communicates and translates in our mind to communication design directly. Right. Sometimes students will showcase typography. Sometimes students will show posters they've made for a class or for an assignment. Um, but really, at the core, what the portfolio should be showcasing are conceptual ideas in strong work. And that can be in any way, shape, form, media. Um, so if there's no communication design, you are absolutely still eligible. And many students are admitted with zero major specific work. Great. <laughs> I think that should answer that. Um, someone wants to know if there are any plans to have summer programs in person this year. In person, I think. Yes, uh, I'm sure there's lots of summer programs happening around now um, online, and we are excited to continue our online programs. It's called the Parsons Academy. It's a great space to um, try something out, and we do have a portfolio development course as well. Um, I think it's most helpful for students who have had some exposure to making um, because it helps you curate, so basically create an exhibit of your work, that is what you then can share in your portfolio. But um, definitely check it out, Parsons Academy. I'll put the link in the chat. Uh, sorry, I think the question was if, they, if it's going to be in person, physically. Oh, uh, we are continuing them online. online. Um, I believe we will share more about in-person summer courses um, probably for next summer. Right. And I think one last question for you here is about uh, what extracurriculars do you recommend for prospective students who want to apply to Parsons? I think, Max, kind of you were talking a little bit about this um, in terms of how the pandemic has changed <laughs> everyone's experiences, right? Um, and we don't expect students to have um, done the same activities that they would have in a normal year. Um, however, you are staying creative how you're engaging with the world. I've actually seen many students find out new ways to be fundraisers, to make a difference online that they haven't um, previously considered. Um, I've seen many students uh, responding to current events in uh, really creative ways in their activities outside of school. Um, so tell us your story. Tell us how you've been um, been working and uh, and been innovating in this time. Um, we obviously don't expect every student to have had the space or the 
um, benefit of, of, you know, of necessarily being able to do new things. So that's okay too. If you are keeping on, keeping on, we understand it's been a very challenging year. Thank you. Max, the question to you is what all do you look for in an applicant? Well, you know, uh, I want to start by, because I just saw the question to say, well, you know, we, we got over 6,000 students across our schools from 110 nationalities. And, and when you step through our doors, the world comes to you in beautiful Switzerland. But that's all great. Uh, something I always say is that I believe that life's not about the number of breaths we take, but the moments that take our breath away. And, and especially this connects for me so much to a beautiful country like India, where there is so much passion, so much hospitality everywhere you go. And, and people are amazingly focused on, on service, on creating value, waking up every day and say, how may I serve? If your passion is something that's designed and created in the kitchen, something that delights the senses beautifully, be it sweet, savory, whatever that connects to the art of food, and, and it's a big art, and it connects also within our schools to business. So you get a proper business education as well. So mom and dad, I'm not going to say, my son, my daughter, what are you going to go there and just only create chocolate showpieces? No. It is a proper education also when you take the BA, for instance. Right? So we are looking for students who have that passion that I want to create something special and unique. Some start with thinking, I just want to cook a little bit. And then they come over and after a little while, just a little while, weeks, they start realizing they really are artists and that they are global and have the opportunity to become uh, not only celebrities and influencers, which is so popular today, but have an impact and leave a legacy. Like Emerson used to say, you know, and I love that, that do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And that's what every single student is able to do because everybody's unique, and especially in the kitchen. If you're creating something within the world of culinary arts, whatever the path is, if you want to be a teacher in the future and teach, if you want to go back to your home country and create a new cuisine and a new range of restaurants or take over the family business, that makes sense for us to bring those and welcome those students in there to our campuses and then just see them grow and take over the world uh, with their magic. That's beautiful, Max. And as you said, why wait? Um, why wait till later? If you know your passion, just follow it. And with that, I think we're running out of time. So I'm going to thank you both. Lauren and Max. It was really helpful, I'm sure, for the students and very enriching. Um, and uh, so now we've come to an end to College Brew 1.0. And I'd like to thank everyone who's joined in today in this wonderful event curated by Writers Key. And we hope you've gathered all the information required for choosing your undergraduate specialization. We've loved hosting you. In case you have any questions, please reach out to Writers Key team. Take care and good night. Thank you so much once again, Max and Lauren. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you. Take Thank care. You.